0: Hi, this is Dean Miller, and welcome to episode seven of Dean's List, coming to you from the Twangtown Lounge in my home in Nashville, Tennessee. This week, we're going to cover the subject of artists versus singers. Now, I've been in the music business for a long time. I was born into it, my family was in the music business, and then as I grew and took a couple of detours, I moved to Nashville, became a singer, songwriter moved through the whole system of singers and songwriters in this town. And I learned pretty quickly through the course of my life that in this business, there are singers and artists. And to me, an artist is a person who lives the song, writes the song, creates the song, is involved in how it sounds, is involved in the whole process. And a singer is someone who is presented with a song and they just learn the song. So they take a song, they learn it. Now, a true artist of a singer is a person to me that will take that song and make it their own. So for example, someone like a Frank Sinatra, Elvis Presley, people like that to me are, are are real artists as singers because they take a song someone else wrote and they turn it into something magic that it never would have been without them and their voice. However, I would say in Nashville and in the current music business, we have a lot of people who, to me, are not only just singers, but what I call demo learners. So a lot of times a songwriter will take a song they wrote and they will record it, whether it's with just a guitar or a few musicians or however they want to do it, but they'll they'll put together a kind of a sketch of the song. They'll record the song in a way that kind of gets it on its feet and and demonstrates to someone what the song is like and what it will be like and what it will feel feel like. And so they'll present this demo or demonstration recording to different singers, different artists, hoping they can get their song cut or recorded. There are all these levels to the music business that I don't think a lot of people think about. They just hear the song on the radio and kind of ride along with it, or they're touched by it, or it, it makes them feel something, or, or they just like the song. But I don't think a lot of them are thinking about how it's made, where it started. As a songwriter myself, and a singer too, uh, and a producer, uh, my heroes are people who can take a blank piece of paper and an instrument and just create a song out of thin air that is magical to me that to me is is a true artist it's kind of like taking a blank canvas and having a painter paint a painting on it and that reminds me in fact that my father roger miller who um was a very noted songwriter and well known and respected he was uh, at a point in his career where he had a manager that was telling him You need to co-write with all these young artists, these up-and-coming guys. And if you'll co-write songs with them, then they'll be involved and then they'll record your songs and you'll get a lot more songs recorded. And my my dad said, did Picasso co-paint? So that's kind of how he felt about it. My dad was one of those people who wrote mostly alone. He did co-write. A few times, very few times in his life. One of the most notable times he co-wrote a song was a song called It Only Hurts When I Cry, which he wrote with Dwight Yoakam. And in fact, that's my father singing Harmony on that song, It Only Hurts When I Cry. They wrote it together, and they recorded it, and my father sang Harmony on the record. In fact, I went to that session. They recorded It Only Hurts When I Cry at Capitol Studios in the Capitol Record buildings in Hollywood. Uh, it's the big round building. It's a very famous building. It looks like a stack of records. In fact, that's what the building was built to look like, was a stack of records. But in the uh, bottom floor of that building is the Capitol Studios. And every legendary performer in the world who ever recorded for Capitol Records has worked in that building. I mean, Frank Sinatra has, has made records there and Dean Martin and on and Nat King Cole and on and on and on and on. Even Merle Haggard made some of his famous records there. I, I'm really getting off track here, aren't I? Let me get back on track here. Uh, artists are people who can think of stuff out of thin air to me. that is, There's something magic, there's something intangible about what they do. I grew up during a time when The radio seemed to be filled with so many great artists and so many great songs. And in fact, when you listen to country radio, you would often hear Willie Nelson next to Barbara Mandrell. Then you would hear Steve Earle, and then you would hear Lee Greenwood, and you might hear... Lyle Lovett with uh, the Bellamy Brothers or something. And the the artists all had their own sound and their unique kind of uh, approach. It was all country music, but these were a wide variety of artists. And it was really, really a great time to be falling in love with music like I was. I was also surrounded by the friends of my father and my family that were singers and songwriters themselves. I didn't know how great it was to have Merle Haggard come over to the house, or Willie Nelson come over to the house, or, or these huge figures. I, I didn't really fully appreciate it, I think, till I was a little older. But once I did, I, I have really had an extreme reverence for that time in my life. And I think it spoiled me a little bit for the music that came after. Now, especially in the 90s and the early 2000s, I feel like music started to become more and more corporate, more and more of a business. Uh, There were people trying to control what was being heard, what was being put out, controlling radio stations, record companies, and everything. And the music suffered. And I think we are now at a time where we're about to hit what I think of as a renaissance in music. There are some incredible artists getting a foothold now because of social media and technology and and just really getting out there and, and finding an audience when they might not have been able to before. Because before, people with money were controlling the technology that allowed you to hear music. So if you wanted to buy a record, if you wanted to buy a cassette, there were people who controlled that business. If you wanted to hear something on the radio, Uh, people control that business. And, And to a certain extent, radio is still kind of like that today. We are now at a time where you don't have to have your taste formed by a corporation. You can go out there and find the greatest artists and the greatest people if you just dig a little bit through the internet or through whatever your source of music is. I have found some of the greatest artists through Pandora, by by just happening to listen, uh, Sirius Satellite Radio. I love Instagram for finding new artists. I, I, I'm really into uh, an artist who can write, create, who is poetic with his words and catchy with his melodies. And, and you know, those are artists to me. And we seem to have a lot of this fluff happening right now and I'm not sure why that is but I noticed that in in a lot of art forms movies television there seems to be kind of a dumbing down of of what's going on in the art form but people that stand out to me Jason Isbel, Ashley McBride people like that true artists who are creating from their heart these are the people I admire the most And the reason I'm on this topic today to begin with, the reason I'm even doing this topic on this podcast is because I was watching a documentary called No Direction Home about Bob Dylan, and he was talking about singers versus artists and and the people that have staying power. And if we're being honest, good singers are a dime a dozen, okay? It's a brutal fact, but people who can sing are fairly common, but... A true artist is rare. And it occurred to me, it doesn't matter if you hit all the notes if you can't get inside somebody's head. And that's what Dylan was saying. You got to get inside somebody's head. And that's the magic of it. I often say when we hear a song we like that we've heard before, we'll hear about three seconds of it on the radio. And if the volume's down, we'll go, Ooh, I like this one. And I turn it up. And we don't even know what that magic is, but there's something magic about even three seconds of that song that makes us say, ooh, I like this one and turn it up. And that is always the magic that I'm chasing in my life. It's not really about the notes. It's not about the technicality, the musical theory. Some of the greatest singers and artists that you know don't even know how to read music. My father was a good example. He didn't know how to read notated music, and I know many, many singers and artists who didn't know how to read notated music. They were just creating out of their soul, and that's the kind of artist I'm drawn to, and that's the kind of artist I aspire to be. Today, it seems like television and the music industry are filled with singing contest shows and and shows where They eliminate people week after week until finally there's some glorious singer that after weeks and weeks gets a big record deal and, oh, they're supposed to be off and running. But if you'll notice on some of these shows, most of these shows, the winner is never heard from again. Half the shows seem to be about the banter between the judges who are well-known singers. And frankly, they're doing these shows to keep their name in the public to sell their own records. So it's just a mess. It's really become about a contest corporate mentality. And I would encourage people to look past that and find the true, real artists out there who might be struggling to be heard. It's worth digging through the dirt to find the diamond because there are some really great artists out there you might not have heard of. In my lifetime and in my career, singers have come and gone. I've seen people come and go in this business. There are so many people who just want it for the stardom. They want to be in it for the the travel, the glamour, the coolness, the red carpets, all of that. And if that's the reason you're getting into music, you're very misguided because that's a very small part of it. And it only happens to a rare few who happen to win that lottery. But the people who make music for the sake of music and who keep doing it and keep doing it and keep doing it, they are the ones I admire the most. Artists like Keith Urban are a good example. Uh, He's someone I knew long before he, quote unquote, made it. And I'm telling you, if that guy was playing for one person, 10 people or 10,000, he would still be playing. He would still be making music because that's what's in him to do. He is driven by it. He is a musician's musician. He is so talented. It's just coming out of every pore in his body. And I admire him because the guy hasn't changed a bit before, during, or after his success. He's just that guy who lives for music and I'm blown away by him and artists like him. My dad used to say, if you wanna be successful in music, you have to have the heart of a poet and the skin of a rhinoceros. And that couldn't be more true. It's the toughest business in the world and very few people make it. But if you approach it as something you love with a mind for business and a heart for poetry, I think that's really the the best way to come at music. Now that we've talked so long about the art side of music, let me introduce our regular feature we call Shameless Plug. Shameless plug, shameless plug, I'm gonna make Cause I'm gonna make a shameless bird Just a quick reminder, the new album 1965 is gonna be available for streaming and all that stuff sometime probably late June. But if you drop me a note at Instagram, at Dean Miller Music, or at Twitter, at Dean Miller Music, or on Facebook at Dean Miller Page, I will send you information about how to order the CD. It's real easy, but the CD is full of all kinds of information about the songs and the musicians. It has all the lyrics, photographs, and I will sign it when I send it to you. So drop me a note, And I will tell you all about how to get it. Now back to our regularly scheduled program. I was mentioning Bob Dylan a little bit earlier. And one of the things he said in this documentary, No Direction Home, was he said, I didn't really feel like I was making a step forward anywhere. Things were just taking their natural course. And that is a real artist. That's a guy who says, I am an artist, I am a writer, I'm a creative person, and I'm going to do this. And it's not based on results. It's not based on fame, success, and records sold and record companies. It's based on this is what I do, and as I progress, I get better, and things are just taking their natural course. This documentary hit me hard because I'm at a point in my life where it's sort of a crossroads. With this current record I just made, I have decided to make my art the way I want to make my art, and I'm not answering to anyone else. And so far, it's the greatest decision I ever made. I couldn't be happier. And I encourage any young artists out there to worry less about the followers, the numbers, the sales, and the results, and focus more on the art, because the art is what lasts. And you hear about this all the time. People say, I never heard about that guy, never heard of that guy, never listened to that guy. And then later they get discovered and people say, why have I overlooked this for so long? So it's not a race, it's not a contest, it's not a competition, it's art. And I always try to remind myself that in his entire lifetime, Vincent Van Gogh never made a dime from his art. He never sold a piece of art in his entire lifetime. He became famous, successful, and the most well-known artist in the world only after he died. So my goal is to make my art, forget about the results, and maybe after I die, people (laughs) find my music. That's a joke. But I honestly feel like I have fallen in love with music all over again. And it's like I'm 20 years old and starting all over with a whole new attitude. And I hope it shows in the music and I hope it shows in these podcasts I'm doing and in all the content and work I'm providing online. I hope you'll check out all that I'm doing on Instagram and Facebook. I put a whole lot of thought into those posts and tweets and I hope you're all enjoying them. In the meantime, this is Dean Miller coming to you from the Twang Town Lounge with my dog Flip curled up at my feet. And we will see you next Wednesday. It's hard to believe all the time's already gone. But we will see you next Wednesday here on Dean's List.